It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www. Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn and all their properties hey listen if you got to travel somewhere and you need to spend the night in a hotel or motel make sure you stay at a Holiday Inn property my favorites Holiday Inn Resorts, and, of course, the Holiday Inn Express. But I'll give you a better reason uh, why you should stay at a Holiday Inn. I'll get you a discount. That's right. Call our toll-free number for a Billy C. discount, 844-603-0364. And, by the way, that number, you can make your reservation right from that number, 844-603-0364, or just click the banner that's up on BillyCBoxing.com. And today's show is also being brought to us in part by... My book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of my book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. And by the way, if you're looking to get a signed copy, just visit the website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. And then follow the directions. I want to give a special shout out to uh, two of our uh, uh, radio affiliates that we have uh, personal connections to. First, uh, out of uh, Brunswick, Georgia, WGIG. Uh, we're glad to be uh, part of uh, uh, that programming, sports programming. Uh, I believe uh, you guys uh, listen to us uh, on uh, uh, on the weekend, over the weekend. Uh, so uh, I want to thank Scott. Uh, and the rest of the crew for uh, helping us out. And, of course, uh, WSMN uh, in Nashua, uh, my man uh, George and the crew, uh, we love being part of your Friday night sports programming. So uh, a couple of uh, friends of ours that uh, uh, carry the show we'd like to uh, give a shout-out to. But uh, anyway, coming up a little bit later on this show, uh, we will have uh, my man Dax Khan join us and uh, uh, also uh, uh, Alex Propali. Uh, but first, you know, many Pacquiao fights this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, the powers that be, uh, due to greed, are sticking them on ESPN Plus. 
but my, you know, I can't help but wonder if this is like George, uh, like uh, Custer's last stand. Is this Manny Pacquiao's last stand? It was George Custer, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Sal's going to correct me in a minute. Joining me right now, was it George Custer? What took that last stand? I think it was General George. He had a middle initial. George. Uh, uh, George. It was George. George. But hey, George. George. Remember, you remember the cartoons? Hey, George. Hey, hey George. George. I wish my brother. Yeah, George I wish my here. brother George was. But, um, you know, is it Manny Pacquiao's last stand, in your opinion? I mean, uh, uh, you know, he's 39 years old. He really doesn't have anything left to prove. Um does he have to win, and and should he win, or even should he lose? Is this his last opportunity to continue, or will this be the last time we see him in the ring? I mean, what's your thoughts? I still don't know why we are seeing him in the ring. Like I often said, his sole purpose for getting the surgery and coming back was to fight Floyd Mayweather, and I thought that was the only fight he was going to push to uh, to uh, have come to fruition for himself. It didn't happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. And uh, I think that, you know, uh, one of my earlier concerns were that he's going to be just used as fodder for young up-and-coming bucks coming on. And Manny Pacquiao has had too great of a career, uh, a Hall of Fame career, to just uh, become an opponent. I don't think it's going to be that grave. But uh, like I said, he's a combatant. He's a fighter. He's a competitor. And if he's doing these fights because he feels in his heart of hearts this is what he really wants to do, I mean, he's already proven. He's a multi-level world champion. Uh, that's in a record book. I don't know if we'll ever see an eight-time divisional world champion again in our lifetime. Uh, and he, he's getting old-er. <laughs> and I think he's fighting above his, his best weight. Uh, he's not a big guy. Uh, and he's a welterweight. And... Uh, I think that he's got a lot of questions that he's got to ask himself. But if he's doing it, because it's hard to put out the torch, it's hard to put out the fire. You 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 know you do this for twenty years, thirty years. You know you you it's just the whole mindset, the mentality, the training camps, the rich regiment, the rituals, the the competition, the level of it. And you know once you retire, boom, the doors close, it's done. And you know you're like this revved up car that no longer has a race to run. And uh, so you try to channel it. You try to find productive areas that you can then you can seek other other uh, 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 titles and other ways. I'm just using that as an analogy. But the bottom line is, you know, it's hard to let go of that last fight and to look in the mirror and say, hey, this is it. This is going to be my last hurrah. And then I'm never going to see it again. So I think he he has his own personal uh, walk down the hall, if you will. And he's got his own reasoning reasons uh i think he still believes that he is fighting on the top of his game or just over the top and i think that uh reality and and time is going to prove prove him differently and i think that uh he probably will have this being if he loses this fight i think this will be his last fight uh if he wins this fight yeah you know i think he'll he'll look for one more big title fight i think you're right about you know, should he win, I think he's going to go and, and try to uh, secure a rematch with Floyd. But, you know, when you look at Manny Pacquiao, and, you know, I, I have said that if I had to, to put an all-time great list together, 
um, and and include uh, both Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. I would put Manny ahead of Floyd, and I'll tell you why. I mean, the first thing is, you know, don't, no disrespect to Floyd. I mean, he accomplished a lot of great things, um, yes, he did. including beating Manny Pacquiao. But but when you take a look at these guys' careers from start to finish, Manny Pacquiao was in much more um, meaningful fights against other fighters that were uh, relative to him and parallel to him during that time. And he stepped in the ring with these guys in their primes. Whereas Floyd kind of navigated uh, through the masses of, of, of fighters and pick and chose uh, when he wanted to fight the fighters. Because when you look at Floyd's resume, the names on it are just as equally impressive, uh, specifically in the last 10 years. But you have to keep in mind when those fights took place. For in other words, I mean, in, in other words, look at this. The last 10 fights that Manny Pacquiao had took a span of seven years. And uh, let's be real. In the last 10 fights, he, his record was six and four. But look at the fights. In uh, 2011, in, in the, uh, you know, going back from the earliest to the current, he beats Juan Mar Manuel Marquez in a 12-round majority decision. Now, that's seven years ago. Both guys uh, equal in age and everything else. He followed that with back-to-back -back losses. Timothy Bradley, who is one of the, gotta be one of the most underrated fighters uh, in the sport, or was before he retired, loses a very controversial split decision to him, followed uh, six months later by a devastating knockout loss to Juan Manuel Marquez. Everyone said that Manny was finished at that point. Then he fought Brandon Rios, who was a come-at-you guy, uh, wins a 12-round decision, gets a rematch with Timothy Bradley, beats him, fights Chris Algieri, who was uh, you know, a young uh, motion fighter who, who busted onto the scene. Then he steps in the ring with Floyd and loses that uh, you know, fight that we, uh, I think the last person just woke up and left the arena. That was in 2015. In 2016, he fights Timothy Bradley again. People forget he fought Timothy Bradley three times. I didn't, I didn't you know, even know that. And, you know, he beats Timothy Bradley. Then he wins the title um, from, uh, from Jesse Vargas, wins a 12-round decision from him, and then loses his last fight against Jeff Horn. So, I mean, those were uh, the fights for the last 10 years. But when you look prior to that, Shane Mosley, Antonio Margarita, Joshua Clotty, Miguel Cotto, Ricky Hatton, Oscar De La Hoya, David Diaz. Um, I, I mean, you know, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez again, Marco Antonio Barrara, Jorge Solis, Eric Morales. He had fights with Eric Morales, three great fights with Eric Morales. Um, I mean, it's just the names and at the times when he fought them, they were all, you know, at the same age or at the same spot in the division he was fighting in, not to mention he was rising divisions like uh, uh, the tide rises in, in, in on St. Simons. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is I, I just think it's more impressive. Now, one thing that is pretty obvious to me is since he's been in politics, uh, his seek and destroy mentality has changed. Uh, what's your thoughts over his last 10 fights, Al, seven years, and not that impressive with a 6-4 and four record? No, it's not. But, you know, we look at the years before that, and that was impressive. I mean, there was a long run he had that uh, that uh, he was unbeatable. 
Um, and like I said, he's he's really chomped at the bit. Here's a combatant. Here's a fighter. Here's an athlete who's done nothing, nothing more in front of him than to just challenge himself to fight the very best and to give the fans what they want. He'll fight anybody, anywhere, at any time. And what else can you ask for a fighter? I mean, from a fighter. I mean, this guy, this guy is phenomenal, and that's why. That's why the the size never mattered. That's why uh, um, the 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 platform never mattered. I mean, he was very easy to negotiate with. Uh, all he cared about was getting in the ring, hearing that bell ring, and and go bombs away, and uh, figure out a way to beat his opponent. So you have a spirit, the uh, essence, the utter essence of a spirit of a fighter who who would put it all on the line to win or lose, but to, to give it his all from bell to bell and never give up. And you know what? What else can you expect from a, a true warrior? And that's what Manny Pacquiao has always been, is a true warrior. And uh, so you, you want to look at where he's going to fall in under the all-time great list. You know, there's no wonder that uh, the guy like this uh, should be included in any kind of list like that. Uh, it's 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 an, almost a difficult process to watch the twilight in the end to see how it's going to play out. Uh, would I like to see him go out a winner? Absolutely. I would love to see him win this weekend. Uh, and, hey, like you suggested, maybe there is one more fight left with Floyd. Um, do I think he'd get past Floyd? Not really. I don't think he'll ever beat Floyd. But the bottom line is I think he'll give his heart and his soul to try to win. You know, never say never. You know, yeah, uh, like I got an email recently uh, about Manny Pacquiao in that Floyd Mayweather fight with the shoulder issue. Um, you know, Floyd clearly ducked Manny earlier, uh, you know, when they were both younger. He waited, and then he kind of lucked out with the shoulder. You know, would he – now Floyd is actually older than Manny. Would Floyd uh, get in the ring? Uh, with a hundred percent healthy Manny, I I don't know, I don't know. Um, but be interesting, uh, Billy. I you know I I never wanted to see that rematch, you know, early on. But I could almost see, uh, especially after Floyd's last uh, escapade with 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 a, a non boxing uh, entity in front of him. Uh, I think that you know Manny Pacquiao could really, if he closes the show this weekend and wins big. And if he starts yelling out for Floyd, saying, "Hey, I'm back. I want you," and uh, I could see, uh, I could see this going on uh, record for uh, helping Floyd pay his uh, 2017 tax bill too. <laughs> that's, and that's the reason he would do it. But now, now Manny uh, gets in the ring with Lucas Matisse. Um, you know, Lucas Matisse is no spring chicken either. Uh, 35 years old, um, but. Uh, Lucas Matisse is a, a, a tough fighter. You know, he's got an impressive resume himself uh, with uh, uh, four losses and those coming at the hands of Victor Postal when he got knocked out in the 10th round. That was Postal's greatest uh, fight. He also has a loss against Danny Garcia uh, and uh, Devon Alexander when it was a very close fight. Uh, many people thought Matisse won. And then, of course, Zab Judah way back in 2010. Um, but... Uh, Lucas Matisse is the champ. Uh, you know, once again, the WBA, uh, you know, gives him the regular championship, and he fought for that 
in January of this year when he beat uh, Tiwa uh, Karam. Who exactly? You know, uh, I was but, say, Kar- what? but Who? Karam is, was thirty-eight and zero, uh, and uh, Lucas Patissi knocked him out. So I mean, this is not going to be an easy fight uh, for uh, uh, for Manny Pacquiao. But should he win, and should he win in convincing fashion? I'm talking about like a knockout, like a devastating knockout, uh, because uh, of the four losses, the only time Lucas Matisse was stopped was against Victor Postal uh, in a uh, a fight that uh, was very uncharacteristic of uh, Lucas Matisse. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with this fight uh, on Saturday, or at least it'll be interesting who can see it because it will be on uh, ESPN+. Plus. But... Uh, but I do think to answer my question, my to answer my own question, my own question. Um, I uh, I do think I do think yeah I, I agree with me. Um, <laughs> I do think it's his last shot. I, I think and I meaning shot at something really big. Uh, should Manny Pacquiao win this fight, I personally wouldn't want to see him go and start uh, trying to be a, a fighter in the in the welterweight division, a la going after some of the younger fighters like Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence Jr., or even the MIA uh, Keith Thurman, or or even the winner of of Danny Garcia against uh, Sean Porter. I, I just don't see those fights. Although I'm sure people would want to watch them, um, I just don't see it being the right fight for Manny. And and as much as I agree with me too i don't want to see floyd mayweather ever in the ring again i don't even want to see him on the tv you know on the tv i don't even want to see him on social media but if manny pacquiao did look good uh on does look good on saturday and does beat matisse in a convincing fashion a la knocking him out uh then maybe i think it would be worthwhile to see uh those two in the ring again only because it would be as equal as Manny could find because Floyd is 40 years old. Manny's 39. Um, you know, it could be billed as unfinished business, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's more of an even fight between those two at this stage of their careers than it would be for Manny Pacquiao taking on a young uh, world champion in the welterweight division, something Floyd never did. So why should Manny? Well, he, he, you look at it that way, it's, uh, it's hard to uh, debate uh, that issue. And, uh, well, like I said, I think this weekend is going to be definitely one that's going to decide uh, whether it's a win or a loss. It's going to decide which direction Manny's going to continue on. And I think um, if he is losing this fight, I, I think it's going to be a nice, humble exit. Uh, into the world of politics or, or training or doing whatever he might want to do. Uh, but if he should win, I think uh, the only natural thing I think he could do is tout out uh, Mayweather's name for a rematch. I don't know. I think that's the only last hurrah that uh, fans would like to see that he should do. Because like you said, I can't really see him going up against the uh, Keith Thurmans or the Young Bucks in the division. Keith Keith. He's not even all that young compared to some of these other guys coming up. So I think that uh, he definitely uh, will be limited with his future opponents, although he'd be willing. Like I said, he's got that pit bull, pit bull mentality. He'd be more than willing to step in the ring with anybody, anywhere, anytime. But I really think that uh, 
um, in his own uh, handlers or this and that. I think he's going to be very careful, very selective. And I think the only natural opponent would be left would be Floyd Mayweather. See, the thing is, and we got to take a break here, but the thing is, is that Manny, in my opinion, was never really as selective as Floyd was. And and to be honest with you, no. he's got nothing left to prove. Uh, if it, The key with this fight on Saturday night, in my opinion, for the future of Manny Pacquiao is which version of Manny Pacquiao shows up. Is it the same version that was so exciting and, and such a vicious fighter uh, who realistically uh, we haven't seen in quite some time? Um, you know, yet you have to really, uh, you have the last time that he won by knockout um, was uh, Miguel Cotto. When he battered Miguel Cotto, um, you know, the Oscar De La Hoya battering, the Ricky Hatton battering. I mean, that was it after that. Then he, then he kind of, he, I mean, he battered Mar Antonio Margarito, but Margarito went the distance. Um, Sugar Shane Mosley fights, uh, uh, you know, seven years ago. I, listen, if Manny Pacquiao can muster up some meanness, um, I think uh, I think he may continue. If not, uh, if he gets the win, wins the title, walks away. We got to take a break. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us in, uh, during the break. Uh, Sal, uh, Sal, I can see Sal. Sal can't see me, but... Uh, you I don't great. know when you're watching. I don't know. I, I saw it all. I saw it all. I mean, you, you got you have much you you have much too much time on your hand I, with I, that I, with your I, with your uh, friend. It's like uh, uh, when uh, who was it? Uh, what was that mo movie? Uh, was it Tom Hanks who got stranded on the island and was yes, talking yes, to to Wilson, the, yes. the soccer ball? You know, uh, that's you with the glove. I, I, at I, first, until I saw the face, I didn't know. I didn't know what you were thinking about that. Yeah, you got much too much time on your hand, my friend. But I just, I guess I've been living alone too long. You know, show it again. I didn't have the camera on you. No, I don't know. But, if this is a glove. I just had an extra glove, and I thought I'd inflate it and make it look, <laughs> make it look like. Sounds a nutcase. You're drinking a Billy. Hey, hey, hey I, I, I would much, I would much rather see him do that than try to make another comeback. But uh, anyway, oh, oh, I got to talk to you about that. Yeah, no, no, no more talking. But uh, uh, anyway, I got a couple of emails I want to uh, read. Uh, we are scheduled to get uh, 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 Dax and uh, Alex to come on uh, uh, a little bit uh, later. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Dax uh, should be coming on uh, uh, at the next break. So. Uh, uh, hopefully uh, he he remembers that part. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, this first email is from uh, my man uh, Luke Thunder Breslin. He says, uh, hey, guys, I hope you're well. He says, so I've been away for a little while. Uh, he says, and I thought I'd come straight back and listen to yesterday's show, and I'm greeted by the bombshell. 
Uh, he says, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've noticed, Billy, since I've been listening to your show uh, since September of last year, I can tell that you were getting more and more disheartened with certain things that are going on in the boxing world. And I completely understand because they are my gripes uh, with the sport as well. Uh, which is in a weird way one of the reasons that made that made me gravitate to your show more and more each day as I listened, knowing that we were on the same wavelength. Uh, well, I want to be positive and just say, uh, while I was away, Bill, I read your book in one day. I just wanted to take the time to say thank you. Uh, you must be extremely proud, and I'm so glad that I took the time to read it. It's such a fascinating story that I can't imagine how much time you spent trying to collect what little information there is uh, about the late, great Tom Molino. Seven years. Uh, just FYI, it took me seven years. Uh, he says, uh, one of my uh, personal favorite traits about the book was how you laid it out. Uh, short, punchy paragraphs allowed me to dip in and out to allow me to check timelines and look up research materials. Ah, so you back. So, so my man uh, Thunder uh, was checking my stuff, huh? Good deal. I love it. Uh, he says, it's an incredible book about an incredible man. I genuinely couldn't put it down. You know, that's what a lot of people say. And um, uh, it is true. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm just pausing here with this email. Um, you know, originally, I, I'll let everybody in on a little secret. Originally, when I decided that I was going to write this book, um, it was not going to be written the way it was written. Uh, when I started stumbling uh, upon not being able to get some of the uh, information that I wish I could, like, like for example, the, the, the boat ride, the, the ship from New York to, to England, you know, what was that like? I mean, uh, you know, I could only imagine. There was no documentation on it. The ship sank, you know. I did locate the ship. But anyway, you got to read the book. But, uh, uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that I was going to embellish and kind of, uh, kind of assume what it was like based on other uh, data I could obtain about you know those journeys back in that era, but then along the way, Colleen Acock and uh, and uh, Mark Scott wrote a book about um, uncrowned champions, and they had read my uh, a short story of my book, and they asked me if I would be willing to put that book, the short story version, an essay version of my book in their book. And when I said yes, I had to take my book, which I was in a note process, and, you know, condense it uh, to, to an essay, which ended up being, I don't know, 16 pages or something. And then when that was done and I, I you know, it was published and everything else, I said, you know what? I like the fact that, you know, I want to write the book just based on the facts that I was able to uncover. So I kind of used that essay as my layout and just expanded on what was in that essay with the rest of the story. And that's how it ended up being the way it is now. It's only 150 pages. It is a quick read. And I did lay it out just you know, factual. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate the uh, accolades from Luke. Anyway, Luke goes on to say, um, whatever the future brings, you, you got a supporter in myself. I will be brutally honest. I'm not, 
Uh, well, he says, I'm not in a position to con contribute financially to the show, but rest assured, if I did, I'd be one of your biggest backers. I, I wasn't asking for that, but I appreciate that. He says, uh, I really appreciate, well, I am asking for sponsors, but uh, uh, he says, uh, I really appreciate the time and effort that all you guys um, put in to provide such a great show. I really hope uh, your rest and rejuvenation is exactly what you need to get the show back to where you guys want it. Trust me when I say I'll be waiting eagerly uh, for August and the return uh peace and love guys i appreciate the uh uh email luke uh means a lot and, I, and i'm really glad that you enjoyed the book uh as much as you did and uh yeah i'm looking forward already to uh to the post fight show on august 4th sal i know you are and uh, me too and i think we want to rush the summer but uh you know you have uh, you have definitely the the uh, the canvas and the palette is right in front of you. So whatever you want to paint in the future, here we go, and uh, we'll uh, we'll 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 be ready at the helm to uh, to go on and make it happen. Um, Sal Stradamus with the uh, <laughs> the canvas <laughs> analogy, I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> you know, we got Dax coming on in a little bit, but. Uh, uh, I just wanted to get one more uh, email out of the way. Uh, this one's from uh, my man uh, Johnston. Actually, you know what? This one, uh, this one, I think we're going to include Dax with, and I'll tell you why. He's okay. got um, uh, he's got some uh, really cool stuff uh, s capping off what we've seen already this year and other fights that are scheduled. You know the funny thing, and and the bittersweet situation here, Sal. For me, anyway, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to uh, assume you, you feel the same way, but the bittersweet thing for I do. me. <laughs> well, you don't even know what I was going to say. The bittersweet <laughs> thing for me is I can't come down no, and get a pizza. Uh, no, but, yeah, exactly. The bittersweet <laughs> thing for me is, you know, as much as the sport is getting me down, it's not the fights. The fights, uh, we have been treated to some great fights this year. And the resurgence that we've been in isn't just this year. It's it's actually been going on for a couple of years now. And I love it. The part that's got me down is, you know, it seemed to be getting back on track. And what I mean by that is one of the, one of the pieces of the puzzle that made boxing so popular years gone by was the availability of the sport. Um, you know, on television, so to speak. And, you know, it, it, the more sets of eyes that got to see these fights, the more popular the sport became. If you track it and you start to see when the fight started coming off the, the te television and was, you know, far and few in between and we were getting uh, forced to buy every fight on pay-per-view and some of them weren't even that great, et cetera, et cetera, that was when the decline happened. So all of a sudden we're in a resurgence we're, we're going up, and we're seeing a lot of fights on TV. We get the better ones on pay-per-view. We got, uh, you know, club fight shows on streaming uh, services. And then all of a sudden, within the last three or four months, it's taken a nosedive with the availability of these fights. Now, all of a sudden, the greed factor is in place, and I'm just afraid that we're going to see a rapid decline again, Sal. And even when you see these good fights, interesting fights, like like I keep using the Terrence Crawford-Jeff Horn fight as my battle cry because that fight should have been available to us on other platforms other than uh, ESPN+. And no disrespect to ESPN. I love ESPN. It's just that 
they they're forcing it uh, down our throats, and and I'm I'm negative with that, and I'm also extremely negative about the perception and the division we have among the fan base. I mean, that's what's driving me south, Sal. I understand, and I, I, I do feel your pain, and I understand, and I can empathize across the board with you. And, uh, you know, especially with the access uh, to viewing some of these big fights. I, I You know, I, I say this often, and I, you know, will tell you, it's human nature. People will move along the path of least resistance. That's just us as human beings. We will go along the path of least resistance. So when you put a few hoops, hurdles, and, and, and long jumps in the pathway, uh, you know, it may become a deterrent for people not to keep the focus or follow. So what I'm trying to get at in the analogy here is if you make it more difficult for people to access the mainstream boxing matches, well, you know, they're going to maybe turn away. And uh, uh, we don't know. I'm, I'm, and I'm not, a, I'm not a technology kind of guy, so I don't know the actual format that's going to be uh, developing before our eyes. Uh, usually I'm used to just turning on a TV and watching a fight, or if I have to pay for per view, I'll do that and I'll watch a fight. So I, I, I really don't know what hoops and hurdles are ahead, but I do know that the old format, like the old school, if it's not broken, you don't have to fix it. Exactly. But it is the greed and the need factor. This is a business. TikTok has always been a business. TikTok, we got to take a break. I got to. Hey. You gotta look at the clock. Like that stop cute. making, cute. stop making, like stop making faces on gloves, and look at your clock. We gotta take a break. When we come back, we're scheduled to have Dax join us. I got some interesting questions for him. Don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, just before we went to break, we, we were talking about um, uh, putting fights, uh, the, the, the big fights in, in front of a lot of people's eyes. And, um, you know... I, it just seems like when when we were in a downward way with the sport, only the diehard fans were the ones that were tuning in and everything else. It's when the casual fan or the marginal fan or the or that that sports fan that hangs out at the water cooler on Mondays at the office that talks about all the big events, when those sets of eyes are watching uh, boxing, even if it's not a huge you know uh, big mega fight. That's a good thing for the sport. It gets interest going. Um, joining me right now to get his thoughts and joining Sal as well. Uh, I know Sal was uh, showing uh, 
uh, you uh, his uh, artwork and all you know what he does you know I mean uh, uh, and, and quite honestly it looked a little pornographic when he was showing you how it drinks coffee but that's besides the point hey, Dax, see, Dax that's what so wrong what, Billy well geez I'm watching it I can see what you guys are doing I can see what you're doing here Dax is trying to come on with some serious insight and you got to be playing games all the time Sal you know I mean come on grow up act your 72 I'm years kid, of age man. I'm Anyway, Dax, you know, I mean, I got this email I wanted to share with you uh, because it kind of shows uh, uh, some of the great fights that we've already been treated to. And you know as well as I that, you know, the last two years we've been in a serious resurgence in this sport. My, my, my negativity towards uh, the way things are working has nothing to do with the fights. And, you know, it just seems like we're going back to that era where only the diehard fans are going to stay with it. What's your thoughts on that? Well, the reason why <laughs> just as you were about to take a just as he was going to take a sip of the coffee, I asked him the question. <laughs> but no, go ahead. What do you think? What do you think? Well, the reason why is the way the way it's marketed. Um, somebody said something the other day that made a lot of sense. I think it was uh, Paulie Malinagi. I was rewatching some Anthony Joshua fights, and it was a rematch of the Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir, uh, the the Joshua Klitschko fight, where Malinagi had stated that. Um, the reason why fans today want this trash talk is because they enjoy this. Uh, the WWE, even though people know that it's fake, they love that trash talk. They love the drama surrounding it. And and in this sport, if you're able to, it seems, to be that drama guy to create that WWE atmosphere that a lot of the diehard fans complain about, or, um, you know, guys uh, like you, me, coach in the chat room, Sal, you know, we, we complain about, uh, you're able to sell fighters. And as long as you're able to sell fighters, you're able to actually create um, diehard fans. And what's going to happen with this, though, is as these diehard fans are created, the integrity of the sport is actually going down, despite the fact that the sport itself is uh, more or less growing. And we're not really getting the quality of matchups that we used to. It just more or less seems like we're getting the quality of matchups because they're being sold this quality matchups um in a minute if we talk about this topic you know i was thinking about you know the first time i ever seen manny pacquiao in person and when i think about his career from back then and that card compared to today that tells you exactly how much the short this sport has changed in 20 years and it's not the same sport whatsoever it's definitely a sport that is sold rather than a sport where stars are created on their own by performances in the ring well i i agree with that 100 percent. you know but my my point um, is that when you do have a fight, the, the, the more sets of eyes that you can bring that fight to or show that fight to, the better it is for the sport. And when we went through that, that downtime, um, you know, uh, five to ten years ago, it was because we were being forced, only the good fights were on pay-per-view, and it, it chased a lot of people away. And then the pay-per-views weren't even that great. Well, then we kind of got back on track, and now they're doing the same thing with these streaming services. And it's all based on greed. I'll give you an example. I got this email um, from, uh, from Johnston. And uh, it's a good one. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad you came on because uh, this actually uh, mentions some fights that we had this year. And, and I just want to uh, go through these. He says, uh, hey, guys, I'm gutted to hear that uh, there's not going to be a show until August 4th. That being said, I completely understand. Blah, blah, blah. There's hope uh, and room for optimism. After some good fights this year and fights that are on the horizon, 
here's some scraps that I recall from this year that should brighten the overall mood. And, and he's listed 16 here. And let's go through them. Uh, the first one is Yusick uh, beating Maris Breedis by unanimous decision. That was a great fight, guys. What, what do you think, Dax? And that was a great fight, but you know what? That was also a fight that didn't get, except by a diehard fan like a Johnston or like me or other guys, that didn't get any attention. And why is that? Because it was marketed in a way where it was a fight and it wasn't marketed in a way where we're so used to seeing now with a lot of trash talk. That was just two guys going out there to prove how great they are instead of two guys going out there to um, tell everybody how great they are. But that was absolutely a great fight and that World Boxing Super Series, as we spoke about last week, is one of those things that are taking the sport in the right direction. Now we just need others to follow well, if the sport is going to regain. Well, this is my point because if they put that in front of more sets of eyes we would have more people enjoying that fight other than us you know and, and this is exactly what my point is okay let, let me let me mention a couple others uh errol spence uh knocking out uh lamont peterson uh murat gassiov um uh, uh over uh dortikos by a 12 round stoppage which is his fight of the year so far georgie groves over chris eubank Wilder with Ortiz. We all saw that one. Oscar Valdez beating Scott Quigg. Uh, Jarrett Hurd beating Orslandi Lara. That was actually a, a, a fight that most people, because of Lara's boxing ability, um, you know, were a little bit surprised. And Jarrett Hurd busts on the scene after that, and we haven't heard from him since. You know, Tony Bello uh, beating David Hay. I, you know, that was... Uh, um, you know, David Hayes finished. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko, Jorge Linares beating him. That was a great fight. You know, until it was stopped, it was a close fight. Stevenson, Bedou Jack, majority drawer. I felt Jack won that fight. Josh Warrington over Lee Selby. Leo Santa Cruz, Abner Marys recently. That was a great fight. Terrence Crawford beating Jeff Horn. Great fight. Not as many people saw that. That should have because of the streaming thing. Josh Taylor against Victor Postal. Anthony Joshua over Joseph Parker. Not a great uh, fight, but it was in front of uh, 80,000 people. And then he has uh, Dillian White over Lucas Brown. You know, these were all good fights, Dax, um, but not everyone saw them. Out of all of these, what, what did the, the general public get to see? Maybe four? You know, four out of 16? You know, so th this is my point. You know, it, it, the greed factor is is regressing all the progress progress that we have had uh, in the last two years. But on the other hand, though, uh, with the streaming apps, they're actually, you know, a lot of these fights aren't available worldwide, and that has been a problem with the sport is that what's taking place overseas isn't available here and vice versa, or you'll see a lot of people over there, for them to actually watch it, they have to wait up till 4, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning or get up that early, you know, to watch one of the big fights over here that are available. And because of the way the networks, and it has nothing to do with the promoters, but because of the way a lot of these networks are set up is they don't broadcast in certain areas, even if you want to watch online, even if you... um. You get a live stream online someplace you know what they won't show it in certain countries it would literally say on there not available in your area so when you're getting these new type of streaming that's available worldwide that's only a plus for the sport and i understand where it kind of seems like greed but actually and it's better than having something like these um these uh you know pay-per-views because these streaming services are directed towards boxing fans in general and uh, you know the boxing fan for whatever that is for eight dollars nine dollars ten dollars a month and they're going to be able to see these fights worldwide i 
I believe they're going to invest in that, and that's only a plus for the sport as long as they're only as long as they're showing all the fights and not not just showing a select few fights. If that's, that makes sense. I agree that it's good for the sport, but to flip the light switch the way they essentially have done is not good. What they should have done is ease into it. In other words, introduce these streams, offer it, and and the smartest way would have been offering that stream uh, as a discount or encourage you know entice people with the full cards uh, or whatever if they they sign up but not close the door to all the other people i agree that streaming and i've said this and sal and i talk about this all the time i agree that it's the future and i support it 100 percent, just like you said for all those reasons but to flip the switch and say hey manny pacquiao against lucas matisse is only going to be available on a stream or or terence crawford against jeff Horn only available on stream that's where I think the greed factor is kicking in. Because remember, these streaming services are eliminating the television uh, and, and satellite uh, providers. You know, they're eliminating the middleman. So the people that are producing these are putting more money in their pocket, which I agree with. It's just that I don't think I, I think they flipped the switch too quickly is my point. Yes, I, I, I see your point. On the other hand, too, a lot of these television networks are, um, whether or not it's the network or the cable uh, carriers, providers, you know, they're, they're greedy and they're hurting. It, and it's not just this sport. It's a lot of sports where they have raised their prices to broadcast something, you know, beyond. You know, for example, we use uh, what happened in New York uh, last year, the year before, when New York wanted that million-dollar insurance policy. Um, on every fighter, even for these small club shows and these small promoters, they couldn't afford it. So there was no boxing in New York for virtually, um, you know, 14, 15 months. And it's more or less the same way with a lot of these uh, networks where their their prices just seem to have quadrupled to broadcast or they've uh, quadrupled to um, these providers have quadrupled whether or not it's HBO, Showtime or ESPN for them to just broadcast their channel. So, you know, the streaming is the only other way that these um, the, the promoters, no matter who the promoter is, and that is their only other avenue and that's their, their only other revenue and if they don't turn to a streaming service what's going to happen is the places that are available and the ones that are showing it and we've seen it already people are just bootlegging that and what they're doing is they're recording a version of it and they're uploading videos of it onto youtube they're uploading videos on it to private sites uh they're actually playing it live on their facebook page so everybody in you know in the end is kind of getting screwed so you know it, it's it's really a um it's, it's a necessity it's a lesser of two evils more or less but i definitely do understand your point yeah, I, I just think that the more sets of eyes at this stage, and it goes back to exactly what you said uh, earlier, that you know they, they it'll give the fighters a, an opportunity to create their own value. You know, I feel strongly that Bob Arum did Terrence Crawford uh, no justice by sticking him on uh, ESPN uh, th- uh, Plus. I mean, Manny Pacquiao is already uh, a known name even outside boxing circles. Terrence Crawford isn't and this is a talented fighter that that should uh be known uh you know and and by doing that i i i think that uh, they took money out of his pocket but uh, uh anyway hey listen i want to get some other things uh just other thing just to finish this email he says then we have some other fights 
uh, coming this year, Dillian White against Parker, Canelo Triple G, the WBSS Finals, George Groves, Callum Smith, and uh, Yusuk against Gassiov. Then the second series uh, should be getting underway. Uh, Anthony Joshua Povetkin, uh, Jamie uh, Jaime Mugaya against Liam Smith, Garcia against Robert Easter Jr., Kovalev against Elder Alvarez, Danny uh, Garcia against Sean Porter, and Peter Beaver against Callum Johnson. Uh, all good uh, uh, fights that will close out the year. So, uh, yeah, I, listen, 2018 was, was a great year and, and continues to be, you know. But, uh, Dax, what's your thoughts on, we've been talking about Manny Pacquiao uh, against Lucas Matisse. In your opinion, do you think that this could very well be uh, Manny Pacquiao's last stand? I mean, does he, you know, should he win? Will he fight again? Should he lose? Will he fight again? Um, if he wins, does he retire? I mean, what, what's your thoughts on the significance of the fight? There's really, um, me and Sal were speaking briefly before we came back from the break. You know, this is uh, basically the last stand for both guys. Uh, Lucas Matisse hasn't been the same since the Danny Garcia fight. He's 35 years old. He, uh, he's still a quality fighter, but he's definitely, he's not even a genuine uh, welterweight. You know, Lucas Matisse, he's more or less a career junior welterweight. And he's moved up into this division because he just can't make that 140 pounds anymore, which happens with age. And he did win this uh, WBA regular world title. But, you know, it's not really a belt of significance. Um, you know, Manny Pacquiao, um, you, you hit it right on the button earlier where he hasn't had a knockout since um, the Miguel Cotto fight, which was well, how many years ago was that? That was, you know, six years ago at least. Um, you know, in uh, a lot of his recent performances, he's looked mediocre. He just doesn't have that um, the ability to go out there and, you know, fight the style that's made him so successful. You know, remember, Manny Pacquiao's style is all about that, you know, that supercharged, uh, you know, style going out there. It's all energy, all stamina, and it's constant nonstop pressure. And then when you're getting a lot of these younger guys who have that, that um, the age on their side and they don't have a 20 uh, – I think Pacquiao's been a professional now for uh, 22, 23 years, or uh, 22 years, and then you know what? You, you can't, you can't compete. And a lot of these younger good guys in this era, whether or not they're a welterweight, they're a junior middleweight, they're a middleweight, or you know anything above, they seem to be huge for their divisions. And Manny Pacquiao, that's a guy that started out at 106 pounds. So more or less, in my opinion, if he was smart, despite that mentality we see in a lot of fighters where they always say have one more in me, if he wins this fight, he should go out on uh, on a win and you know let that be a fair well be one of those few fighters who goes a uh, few greats who goes out on the win and if he loses you know what either way go out on on that loss and say to yourself if i couldn't beat a lucas matisse then you know what i definitely shouldn't be in there with an errol spence or a keith thurman or, or a terence crawford and so on and so forth nine years since the fight with uh Cotto already um wow. sal do you I, I mean we were both saying earlier that he shouldn't go after those young fighters. I mean, you know, I, I get what Dax just said, and that's really what we want. We want fighters to fight the other champions. But, you know, in, in this particular case, why? You know, I mean, I, you know, should he? And, and I agree also with you, Dax, about uh, Matisse. But Matisse's not the issue here. He happens to have the belt that was basically given to him by the WBA, I think all eyes are on Manny Pacquiao. I I don't know, Sal. I mean, would you like to see him fight one of the young guns? I I part of me I would like to see it, but uh, I I don't think it would be a favorable outcome for Manny. Uh, and that's why you know you 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 would say hey, but 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 then again, why? I mean, like I said, Manny Pacquiao, first ballot Hall of Famer, been to the mountain and back a couple of times. 
He's got really nothing to prove in the sport of boxing. He's only going to prove it to himself, and that, that's it. He, he's a competitor. And maybe he's got those demons. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe maybe he just he just loves to fight in the box and that whole, as I explained earlier, ritual and and, and training and regimen. It's a it's a process. It's hard to walk away. And you know you could try and feed it into another venue, but it it it's few and far in between can fill that void uh, as far as uh, getting ready for a fight and the fight. So I I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, this guy's got a stellar career. This guy has had his best days behind him. And unless he, if he does win this fight and he touts out Mayweather for the last hurrah, then that's it. I don't see him being the kind of guy that's going to stay around and challenge all these young bucks and being really uh, that significant person to dismantle or to win. I, I, I don't see a, a long future right now for Manny Pacquiao. Hey, Dax. In, in all due respect. Dax, does he possess the kill or be killed mentality? I mean, we just mentioned, you You said Cotto. I, I looked it up real quick. Nine years since he's gotten a knockout. Can he muster that seek or be killed, uh, you know, uh, attitude for the Matisse fight? And Matisse's got a granite chin, only been stopped once in his whole career. No, I don't think so. Um, if, if he was able to, he would have stopped Brandon Rios. If he was able to, he would stop Chris Algieri and so on and so forth. And Jeff Horn. Or, or Jeff he Horn. Almost but, you know, um, he almost did. He almost did with Horn. You know, the the, um, the age, the, the amount of abuse. Remember, Manny Pacquiao started out in the sport at 106 pounds. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. So, so you know, the age, the, the abuse on the body, and so on and so forth. You just, you know, you, the punch resistance is gone. We've seen that with the uh, the last Juan Manuel Marquez fight when he was, you know, knocked out. Not just knocked out, but knocked out, you know, literally cold. Half the people thought he might have been dead inside that ring. So, you know, Manny Pacquiao, that, you know, that changes you, especially as you get older, it changes your mentality. So, no, I don't think Manny Pacquiao has that, uh, that killer instinct to him anymore. And even if, you know, it's in his mind, I just don't think he has it physically. Yeah, I, you know, how, how does that leave uh, a fighter, though? I mean, I thought, I, I really think that I connected it with with his political run. You know, ever since he became a, a politician, it, it seems like he's become more of a humanitarian. That can happen, too. You know, you, there's other things. You know, it ha we all change as we get older. You know, we, we see uh, fighters change a lot of times when um, when they get married. You see a fighter change when, uh, you know, they have you know they have kids. You see a fighter change um, after an injury. You know, there's there's a million reasons that, that that can happen. And most of all, when you've done everything there is in the sport to do, you kind of lose that hunger as well. Because really, Manny Pacquiao has nothing to prove. This, uh, this title that he's going to, you know, if he should beat Lucas Batista and he wins that, it, it pales in comparison to anything he's accomplished in the past. So really, what's his title do for him? It's not even the WBA super title. It's the WBA regular title. So, you know, it's what, what does it really mean for him? And um, at 40 years old, what's he going to do? Go through uh, two years of negotiations with some of these young guns and um, end up the B-side. And by that time, he's 42 years old. His body's diminished a little more. And then he's just going to go out there and he's going to be an all-time great on the resume of somebody else. So, to me, it just makes no sense. That's, Manny Pacquiao yeah. just needs to, you know, do his last run. I remember the very first time I ever seen him live, and, and the card that he was on was phenomenal. Which card was it? It was uh, that was it was back in it was the 2001, and um, he was um, fighting uh, uh, Leho Ladabwa for the uh, the IBF uh, Super Bantamweight title, and uh, also on that card, Bill. Was that? Uh, wait a minute. Let was, me ask you something. Wait, was that the first time he was with Freddie Roach? Was that that fight? 
I believe so. Okay, okay. And uh, um, um, also on that card, you had Oscar De La Hoya. He was fighting Jesus. Javier uh, Castillo. Acapito Sanchez was on wow. that card. Uh, Jermaine Taylor was on that card. Wow. Michael Bent was on that card. <laughs> Um, you know, Taylor and Bent, I think um, neither one of them had five fights yet. Both of them went on to be world champions, and that was on regular HBO. Yeah, see, that's, this is my wow. point. <clears throat> this is my point. You know, in order to, to, to build a fighter and a following and a fan base, you got to put those fights in front of as many sets of eyes as possible. Hey, you know, I'm all for the streaming. Offer it at a lower price. Get people to, to, to test the waters like that to save a few bucks, but don't make it the only option. They're shooting themselves in the foot with that. It's a shame. It's a shame. But uh, in any event, Dax, I appreciate you coming on, my man, and uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, our post-fight setup. Uh, we'll be coming back. I would have loved, loved to have done the one uh, after Pacquiao Matisse, but... Um, you know, I, you know, I, I want to wait for one that will get the most viewership from, and uh, it seems to be the Kovalev fight, and there's some other fights that day too. And and as we progress with this, it's going to be uh, after even not huge fights. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna find a comfort zone with that uh, over the next uh, uh, you know several weeks or whatever, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And you know what? Who knows? With all these mega fights coming up through these uh, World Boxing Super Series, maybe, Bill, you'll get on board with some of the streaming. Um, we'll get Sal on board with some of that streaming on there. And, um, you know, maybe we'll do some post-fights with that World Boxing Super Series. I am. I it's, fans would enjoy no, that. No, you, you got me all wrong, man. And so does other people if they're thinking like that. It's not that I'm against it. I want the stream. I just don't feel that it should be the only option. Now, with the World Boxing Super Series... That's an asterisk because those fights uh, are not taking place, uh, you know, anywhere near uh, the United States. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I just don't think it should have. I just don't think they should force the big fights, especially Manny Pacquiao, Terence Crawford, etc., as the only option today. If we were having the same conversation a year from now. It would be fine if they if they took baby steps to that end. That's all. You know, I mean, just to flip the switch now, I mean, an option for me currently is to watch on my phone or, or my or my tablet. No, you know, yeah, I know everybody's got internet ready TVs and you can get the service and do the same way. And quite honestly, you know, it's the uh, it, it's the same quality as as television. And I heard a lot of complaints. I didn't watch the live Terrence Crawford uh, fight, but I heard a lot of complaints that the stream was choppy and everything else. You know, so um, this, this is true. And even with this, Bill, boxing is behind. Well, you know, like we said yesterday, Dax. You know what what they're doing, and not to get too technical here for everyone, but you know, you always when when you introduce a technology, you have to make sure that it works for people that might not have the latest and greatest. For example, you know, if if somebody has the base internet package from their provider, they should not have to go out and upgrade to the turbo super speed in order to watch a streamed fight. The, so it's it the burden falls on the people that are streaming it, not this not these services that the people have in their home. So their answer when people complain to ESPN, oh, it was choppy, the quality wasn't good. The answer from ESPN execs were, well, you didn't have a fast enough 
uh, bandwidth. You didn't have a fast enough service. Well, what? So now I have to subscribe to your service and I have to upgrade my my uh, my, my internet True. package. You know, so so I, it, you're right. It's ahead of schedule. And that's my point. You know, they should have eased into it. And then once everybody was was caught up to it, flip the switch then. That's all. That's all I'm saying, you know. But uh, anyway. There's always an angle, my boy. There's You're, always an angle. And that's what's – oh, yeah. There's always there's always an angle in the sport of boxing, man. There's always an angle. It's never cut and dry. Dax, I appreciate it. We'll be all looking forward to uh, uh, your uh, stuff up on the website because uh, that is uh, – we we got to congratulate Dax. He's uh, very proficient with that and will continue to do so. So, uh, listen, uh, we'll talk to you soon, Dax. All right, everybody, enjoy the day. Stay cool. Take care, Dax. That's uh, Dax Khan uh, giving us uh, his insight. Listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, um, Alex Papali is going to join us. And uh, I got a uh, uh, another email I want to read at some point. Uh, I also got an update uh, on, uh, well, something we talked about yesterday was announced after we talked about it. I'll be back uh, in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an Excellence in Broadcasting Award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, yesterday we were talking about... Um, the heavyweight division, and I, I, I actually had all of the uh, um, rankings uh, from uh, um, the sanctioning bodies as well as uh, the computer rankings, et cetera, et cetera, and I was showing what a joke it is. And, and one of my points were that I thought that, um, you know, fighters that are ranked should actually fight each other. I mean, I know that's a crazy thought and everything. I mean, the way it works today is that a fighter wins a couple of fights, next thing you know, they're getting a shot at a world champion. And even though their fights that they've won are not against other contenders. And one fight that I threw out there was uh, a, a, a guy who seemingly has been looking better of late, um, has trimmed down and looks uh, uh, better, was, was Andy Ruiz, uh, who did get a world title shot, just like I said, uh, and came up short. Some people felt he won the fight against Joseph Parker, uh, but um, took a, a little hiatus, came back, won over the weekend. And I said yesterday that uh, I thought that a good fight would be between Andy Ruiz Jr. and Jarrell Miller. I think Jarrell Miller is one of the most overrated uh, piece of garbage fighters out there. I'm shocked that he's ranked as high as he is, uh, you know, especially considering he's never fought any contender ever uh well it came out uh early this morning that uh andy ruiz says i'd love to face jarrell miller he said and uh i quote 
Uh, I still need some work, but having 10-round fights uh, is a good experience. We're improving and getting better. I'd love to face Jarrell Miller or any of the big names out there. Uh, they'll probably underestimate me after my last performance, uh, but the next time I get in the ring will be different. That's a quote from Andy Ruiz. Yes, he wants to fight Jarrell Miller. Joining Sal and myself right now, I want to get his thoughts, is the one, the only, Alex, well, you guys are switching me up. How does Alex get on that side of the screen? I look. Jeez, I don't know. What's up, Alex? <laughs> Good morning, see. Good morning, Sal. How you guys doing? Good morning, Alex. Always so, a pleasure, pal. So, what do you think, man? I, I don't even know what you think about Jarrell Miller, but I think he's overrated. But why don't these guys fight other similar ranked fighters? Yeah, well, that's uh, an age-old question, of course. Uh, uh, I think, you know, they want to protect their uh, rankings, and I think that uh, that's the thing is, you know, you you always want to fight somebody who's just enough of a challenge to look, you know, make you look decent, but not enough challenge to be dangerous. Um, and unfortunately, that's probably the most striking in the heavyweight division. Uh, I... I, I I actually enjoyed uh, Big Baby Miller's last fight. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I can't help but think, he, like everybody else, that he should be lighter. Uh, although, as a matter of fact, I think it was just yesterday he posted a couple of pictures of himself on social media. Um, and he does look pretty slim. I mean, he, uh, you know, slim in, in quotes. Um, he, uh, he's got a high body fat percentage. Um but he seems to wear it well. He's very muscular. Um, and it does seem like, but he's not like he's, it's not like it's uh, slovenly fat hanging off uh, over his belt and stuff. Uh, he looks slimmer than that. Um, so I don't know. Um, but it is strange to see somebody quite that heavy. Uh, that being said, uh, he, he throws a lot of punches. And hey, I'll watch a heavyweight he throws a lot of punches any day of the week. I agree. He does throw a lot of punches. And, um, you know, a fight against Andy Ruiz. I mean, they are, when you look at the the rankings, Jarrell Miller for the sanctioning bodies are up there pretty high. In the IBF, uh, he's uh, ranked number three. Uh, in the WBO, he's ranked number three. Uh, in the uh, WBC, uh, he's not ranked at all, which I agree with. And uh, in the WBA, which is the complete joke, uh, I don't know if you, you you saw yesterday's show, but he's ranked number three. But the WBA also, their regular heavyweight champion is ranked 31 by the computer. Um, they also have several guys that aren't even ranked uh, for reasons like, you know, Frezzaquendo, who's their number two, hasn't fought in three years. How, how do you stay at number two ranked contender? I just don't get it. But the, yeah, the, but the fascinating thing is when you look at, and, and I'm an IBO computer rankings guy i think that their um uh, their ranking system is the best but when i look at box rec which most people look at they have jarell baby miller at number six and they use a point system in just this fight that we're talking about andy ruiz is uh number 17 and he has a, a, a total of 81 points and uh, Jarrell Miller has 100 more at 181, 183. So I don't understand, considering that at least Andy Ruiz has a fight against uh, uh, Joseph Parker, who's a former world champion, and Jarrell Miller hasn't faced anyone 
Um, I mean, in the last fight that you mentioned against Johan Duapaz, Duapaz is really uh, just a granite-chinned human punching bag. I mean, he's slow, he's methodical, he takes a, a, a lots and lots of punches. And, um, you know, Jarrell had a fight in, in spurts running out of gas. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, I just don't get it with this guy. Yeah, I don't know how do you, how do you get your um, uh, those points boosted, how you get that, that many points ahead. Maybe it goes by uh, Twitter followers. Um, you know what, Alex? Uh, we've been talking about the uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, fight. Do you think this is his last stand? Um, do you think that Manny Pacquiao uh, is in, in a position where um, you know he wants to either go out looking good or does he want to use a, a good performance against Lucas Matisse as a uh, catapult to, to other big fights? And if so, you know, Sal thinks and, and – I agree that really the only big, huge money fight for him would be a, the possibility of a rematch with Floyd, even though a lot of people don't want to see that. I just can't see him chasing after some of the young guns, well, you know, with names like Errol Spence Jr., Keith Thurman, uh, you know, the winner of, of Garcia Porter, uh, you know, Terrence Crawford. I mean, these guys are just too good for the version of Manny that we have today. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to see him against um, Thurman or Crawford. We know how this ends. Uh, you know, in, we've seen this story before in terms of uh, a, a fighter, you know, a, a great fighter who stays around too long. I think, you know, you could feel whatever you want about the Jeff Horn fight. I felt Jeff Horn deserved the victory. Uh, it was close, but I thought he won. Um no, wait a minute. I never said I did as well. Yeah. I, did. I never said he didn't win. What I said, I well actually I thought it was a close fight. What I happened disagreeing with you? No, no, but what happened in that fight was Manny lost that fight by taking his foot off the gas after he had Jeff Horn in all kinds of trouble. I don't think anybody could have argued if the referee stopped that fight in that round whatever it was, sixth or seventh round, when, when Manny uh, had Jeff Horn uh, brutally uh, you know, out on his feet. Uh, but then after that round, Manny acted like that's all he needed to do to win the fight. And I think that ultimately is why that fight ended up so close. I, listen, Manny Pacquiao had a chance to walk away as a world champion after he beat Jesse Vargas for the title. He had the opportunity to walk away then. Instead, you know, he, he fought again against Jeff Horn, took Horn lightly, and lost. And this is where we are today. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, you know, it's a whole year later uh, since the Horn fight. So um, I, I do think he's still speedy enough to beat Lucas Matisse, who's always been slow. Uh, he's a hell of a puncher. But I think, you know, I don't think he's going to catch Manny. If he does, he could make Manny um, hurt. That's for sure. Um, but I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Manny should have enough left to box circles around him um, and just you know look good um, and uh, you know make make his fans happy. Uh, and then I think you know he'll go off into politics in the Philippines and very likely become the president. Um, so you so, think you think he wins this fight? It could be the last time we see Manny. 
I hope so. Uh, I don't want to see uh, a Mayweather rematch. That's for sure. I don't think there's anything to be gained from that. And I think Crawford um, uh, damages Manny badly. Uh, and I don't think we need to see that. Um, you know, I think um, I, I think that, you know, hopefully this is his last fight. I mean, I, I think the fact that Freddie Roach is not with him, I think that that's significant because they were so inseparable for so much of their career and so much of Manny's success was, uh, you know, was success they had together. Uh, when a fighter, a trainer of that long doesn't want to work with you anymore, that does suggest that maybe he sees something he doesn't like. Um, Wasn't it the other way around, though? I was going to say, which way was it? Was Manny not wanting him, or was he yeah. not wanting to continue with Manny? Yeah. Like, it could very well be that it's uh, you know financial stuff, and it has nothing to do with um, physical ability. Uh, well, wait, Alex. Let me, let me, Alex, of, Alex, let me just interrupt you for one second. I want to ask you something, Sal. Yeah. Did you think that... I mean, did you think that that Freddie Roach was really helping Manny, especially in his last several fights? I mean, I I search far and few in between to hear any constructive instruction from Freddie Roach to Manny Pacquiao in 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 their last half a dozen fights together. Well, you know, that's my criticism on that level, and I can't. But see, Bill, here's the thing. Nothing can replace or, or or take the place of having confidence in your corner and not wanting to disrupt the apple cart if you are confident that and feel good that you've got the winning team in your corner. And no matter what Manny and, uh, and uh, uh, his trainer, whoever it may be, have as far as a bond, as, as far as feeling, uh, you know, in this case, Freddie Roach, uh, that that going into battle together. Don't forget that's that's what it sometimes is like. Hey, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that until until, until one of them says, "Well, I don't. I he did this." You know, I think that that's up to the fighter. And I think maybe Manny, if it was, see, Alex made a good point. Who was it? Was Manny one the one that said, "Hey, I'm going forward. I'm going to make a change," or was it that uh, Freddie Roach said, "Hey." I don't think you should do this. If you're going forward, I'm no part of it. There's a big difference there. Well, now, I, I, remember, I remember seeing a headline that Manny announced that, uh, f- um, that Freddie wasn't going to be in his corner, and then Freddie was interviewed saying, I, he never told me that. You know, I had to oh, read it in, you know, I had to read he, it in the press. There. You know, I so. think Manny's looking for more. Maybe Manny, Manny does realize. You know, there's so much. Uh, I, I say that maybe Freddie Roach, he's a great guy, great human being. He was a good fighter and a great trainer, Hall of Famer. But maybe there's no more that Manny can gain or have the confidence in going into future battles. So Manny maybe want to make a, maybe wanted to make a change to see if it made a difference. And he's going to have one fight to find a, if it makes a difference. Alex, could uh, this? Hey, Alex, could this be just a case where once again uh, a fighter's not holding himself accountable, and he and he turns around and says, "Oh, the reason why I'm not looking good has nothing to do with the fact that I'm 39 years old. Has nothing to do with all the wars I've been in. Has nothing to do that I'm a politician. It's Freddie's fault, you know, and gets rid of Freddie. I mean, uh, could it be a piece of that? Sure, that could be part of it. But I think um, also 
Yeah, I think that that's definitely part of it. That and I, I think that's the part that's sad is if um, Manny is starting to succumb to the same sort of uh, um, you know things that get all all old fighters, uh, where you know it comes to be like paranoia and greed and. Um, you know, you want to uh, amass those last riches and, you know, really see who is around you. Um, and I do think that, uh, but I do think that um, in this case, we have already seen that a lot of Pacquiao's real, the things that made him so special have eroded. Because even if you go back to, uh, you know, the, the last Bradley fight, um, he was throwing his combinations and flurries kind of like an amateur. He wasn't throwing them the way he had where he really committed to punches and to punch through the target to really damage guys. Um, he was, you know, sort of, I, I don't want to say half assing it because, you know, I, I, you know, sitting on in a recliner, I, I'm nothing. These guys are risking everything in the ring. But it's not the same Manny Pacquiao that we used to see, where he threw punches with bad intentions. Uh, it does, and I think that's why he should um, win this fight pretty easy, because I think skill-wise, um, he's pretty far ahead of Matisse. So the, the way we've seen him been boxing lately, it's not like he's going to get in the trenches with Matisse like he would have against Juan Manuel Marquez. I think he's going to uh, just really outbox him and I see this uh, as either being a 12-round uh, decision, sort of lopsided 12-round decision, or maybe a stoppage late just because, you know, sort of TKO. Because I just think his hands are just so much speedier than Matisse. Of course, Matisse is dangerous because he hits so hard. But I think also, as much as I would like to be able to see it on regular TV, um, because it is Manny Pacquiao, I don't necessarily think that ESPN is making a bad choice. And, and hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, it's coming. <laughs> in the sense that they are highlighting earlier in the evening the fight that fans should care about in Regis Progre versus uh, Juan Jose Velasco. That is to that's the unstoppable force about against the immovable object. That's the action fight between the two young guys that people should be excited about. And the fact that Pacquiao, I mean, Pacquiao is, is, you know, yesterday's champion, and this is sort of a swan song fight. Um, so I, I can see the decision to sort of put it on the back burner. If you really want to see it, go ahead. Join our little streaming service that we're going to screw you uh, for $3.99 or whatever the hell it is for. Um but uh, I'm going to be watching Pro Grade Velasco, if you ask me. All right, all right. Well, well. He, first of all, I, I think um, your description of, of Manny and, and the punching, it seems, and, and I agree with you, it seems like he's going through the motions instead of going through with the punches. You know what I mean? Like he's, it, it's just muscle memory and, and from all his experience in, and in the ring, uh, you know, he's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's just not having the effect anymore physically mentally the whole the whole picture as far as the stream this is exact my exactly my point and i'm not going to disagree with you about the fight itself and and the potential entertainment factor of the the progra fight uh but how many 
casual, and I know I'm asking the guy that says boxing doesn't need these casual fans. We don't want those guys. I mean, that was that was you. Your your exact that was Alex's exact words, Sal, on a show one time. He says, "We I don't even care if the casual fan doesn't watch it." You know, he says, "We don't need no stinking casual fans." But the truth of the matter, but but the truth of the matter is, is that um you do, and and you know that's that's what gets the sport popular again when when the non-diehard fan is tuning in they're not going to tune in to a regis program fight uh even though they should they're not because it's not being promoted uh on, on uh, you know commercials etc cetera, etc cetera. uh you know so if if it was the undercard of manny pacquiao and it was all packaged together that's how you introduce a fighter to a to a sets of eyes that are tuning in for a known name even though he's uh uh, old and and uh, well past his prime, but my my question falls on the streaming. It's the same question that I've been uh, talking about the the last uh, several uh, episodes. But um, you know, I, I'm Dax misunderstood me earlier. I, I I'm not against fights being offered as a stream. As a matter of fact, I'm very supportive of it. Sal knows this. We 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 talked about being the first ones to do this years yeah. ago, all right? Um, but, 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 but the truth of the matter is, is that the way that it's being approached today w- with a light switch uh, effect where, okay, from now on, the big fights, yeah, you got to subscribe, pay the four bucks, whatever the price is, like you said. I think that that's a mistake. I think that they should have eased into it. They should have offered it as an alternative platform, especially when they have a pay-per-view option. They could have offered it cheaper to entice people to buy it there um, and then flip the switch after people are used to it. What you have today is you have a, a you know large audience that are diehards that are not sold on the streaming yet. And they have to make a decision just like yourself, just like you said uh, in the chat room, you know, should I subscribe to watch this fight? You know, and and we're all going to subscribe eventually. But I just think that they're shooting themselves in the foot by limiting the sets of eyes. And I still go back to the Terrence Crawford, Jeff Horn fight because that was a fight. And that's a commodity in Terrence Crawford that should have been available to as many sets of eyes as humanly possible rather than say, okay, you're not going to pay the four bucks. You don't get to see this this guy named Terrence Crawford. We know who Terrence Crawford is. We know that he's a potential number one pound for pound fighter. But the casual fan, you know, the one that you don't care about, Alex, they don't even know who Terrence Crawford is. What's your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I think that's a good point that maybe – they, it should have been a switcheroo there that uh, Crawford versus Horn should have been um, on regular ESPN and Pacquiao Matisse makes sense for the streaming thing because he's got the name recognition. He's the one who people have known for the past 10 years, you know, and, uh, you know, been paying pay-per-views for a long time. And they would think, oh, yeah, I'd pay three ninety nine for Manny Pacquiao. Whereas Crawford is the guy that you want people to know outside of um uh nebraska <laughs> yeah well they, yeah yeah <laughs> omaha omaha yeah it's nebraska right yeah, it's a big uh, oh i'm shocked that you don't know that that's like one of the biggest boxing states in the history of the sport nebraska <laughs> come on they spar with corn husks all the time you know but uh um that uh he's the guy that of course you want to uh like you said get as many eyes on it as possible um 
so yeah, that probably was a big mistake to do that. But again, you know, they probably looked at it as like, let's, um, you know, and that is the greed factor. They figured, let's get people to buy this, and that's the way to do it: is put Crawford on there. People will cough up three ninety nine. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what the numbers of the two will be uh, in comparison. Will the Crawford Horn have been a bigger buy than um, uh, Matisse Pacquiao? Well, the the numbers for the Crawford Horn, all we ever heard was they didn't do as good as they had expected. I never actually heard an exact number. Did you? No. I, <laughs> I know. Because usually when you don't never, hear. No. no, no. Here's the funny thing, I fellas. But when the numbers aren't great, you never hear them. You never hear them. You, you, they, they shovel it under the carpet. You never hear the numbers when they're not that great. The only times you hear the numbers. Trip, uh, that you, uh, if you didn't hear any uh, measurements on the fishing trip, you know it was a lot. Exactly. You know, you know, the only times you get the numbers on on uh, pay per views and stuff is when they're great. You know, uh, when they're not so good. It's sort of like Floyd Mayweather. He only shows you the winning betting tickets that he has. He never posts the losers, and I doubt very much that he never loses. You know, but uh, uh, anyway, hey Alex, uh, we got to go. One last question. Um, what's your thoughts? on our uh, format that we're going to be kicking off uh, in August. I, I, you know, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know it's a bittersweet thing uh, for you, but uh, I mean, we do do well with these post fights. And I think that uh, we will be able to target uh, new audiences that live anyway, that uh, we hadn't been able to in the past uh, because of the time. What's your quick thoughts? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I do. I think that that's one of the things about the sport today is that um, I think it's difficult um, for me. It's not as difficult as it is for like for somebody like a, a fan like my brother who now is a father uh, and you know his kids run him ragged. It's difficult to stay up late, watch a fight, and then go on social media and talk about it. But I think that is where a lot goes on today. So. It's going to mean coffee, Billy C., but um, I do think that that's going to be pretty cool to, um, you know, stay up about an hour or two after the big fights and um, and chat with people. That is where, as they say, the iron is hot. Um, and I, the most difficult thing for me is st- is going to be staying sober enough. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, I do, th- to say something coherent, you know, but I'm looking forward to it because... Um, uh, I do, I do enjoy that, and I think that um, that that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it myself, and uh, I think it's going to. Uh, East Coast start time is brutal with all the. Well, that, I tell you, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, I got so used to watching the big fights um, on my DVR. You know, I, I enjoy watching them early in the morning with a cup of coffee. You know, uh, uh, you know, now, now, what people are going to get is me watching them. And then uh, be getting me live with a couple of scotches in me, you know. I mean, so that might add some entertainment value. But uh, in any event, <laughs> uh, we're looking forward to the next phase, and we're glad that uh, you're part of that, Alex. And uh, uh, until uh, next time, uh, hang in there, and uh, we'll talk to you on the fourth. All right, guys. Thank you. Take care, Alex. That's uh, Alex Papali, and uh, you can catch him uh, doing our uh, blast from the past, which we will continue to do. Uh, at uh, uh, at some point. Listen, we're not going to be doing a break here, and this time it's not uh, um, Sal's fault. 
but uh, uh, in any event, uh, what I do want to read is a, is another uh, uh, email, and um, this uh, this one here uh, was from uh, my man uh, Mitch Sal, and uh, uh, he says. Uh, um, you talked about it on Monday's show, and hours later, a couple hours later, Ruiz mentions it, and he uh, s- uh, sends a link to uh, the article that I, I actually, the co- quotes, I should say, that I just read from Andy Ruiz. He says, uh, I got a question. Why hasn't Al Heyman ever sent his boxers to Mayweather promotions, even if he did it the same way he uses uh, DeBella and Tom Brown? Um, which is TGB. Uh, you know, I, I, that's a good question. Um, you know, some of these other fighters, he, he, DeBella is, a, is just a, like with Deontay Wilder, DeBella is technically the promoter, but, um, you know, I mean, not really. Maybe because Mayweather doesn't allow um, the domination that, uh, that some of these other promoters uh, allow. I mean, you're not going to coax Floyd Mayweather with with you know a couple of million dollars i mean this is a this is a we- very wealthy man at least today um you know he he doesn't want to do anything for less than 50 million so i just don't i think it's a numbers game Sal. what do you think i think you're right i think it comes down to business and numbers and uh, i think that's what they are tattling i mean it's, it's, there's no emotional decision here i think it's all about numbers um he goes on to say uh um i'm hearing uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, he says, I'm hearing we may be one week or one fight away from Javante Davis being a free agent, sort of. Uh, wow. He will say bye-bye to Mayweather Promotions, but he will still be with Al Heyman. Um, as bad as Floyd is, I kind of wish it was the other way around, uh, but I'm not complaining if it's true. Uh, you know, I, that's an interesting statement. Um you know, Al Heyman isn't the Al Heyman when everybody thought he was going to save boxing, okay? I mean, right. it's just not the, it's not the same Al Heyman. Al Heyman right now is a guy that's just trying to keep his fighters busy. Um, and, and, I, and I maintain my opinion about Floyd and his promotional company. I do believe that Floyd Mayweather Promotions could very well be uh, the best promotional outfit in the United States should he decide to let his ego uh, come in uh, second fiddle, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, my man Mitch says uh, you were right. Uh, you were right on the show last week. Looks like Thurman is missing, and Sal he sent me. Well, I- I'm going to show it to everybody. I don't know if, if everybody can see it, but he sent me a picture, and and here it is. And hopefully you guys can see it. Uh, it's Keith Thurman on a milk carton box. And it oh says, missing, have you seen me? Uh, with no, a picture of funny. Keith Thurman. That is great stuff. I appreciate that, um, that's great. Mitch. He wow. says, lastly, you mentioned Wilder fighting uh, Dillian White. Remember, Eddie, Earn, Eddie Hearn offered Dillian White, uh, offered Wilder to fight Dillian White for $4 million plus the television rights, which was a great offer at the time. Remember, Sal, we were talking about that, saying, what, what that. a fool for your boy Wilder not to take it. Because he could have uh, made a ton of money uh, with uh, whatever uh, cable network, presuming it was Showtime, that would take it plus the four million. He says, uh, "I would have taken the four million to fight White over the two point one million he got to fight Ortiz." Interesting point, and I do believe that uh, 
uh, it would have been a similar fight, uh, maybe not even as hard. Uh, Ortiz was a southpaw that, that seemingly gave Deontay some trouble. He says, but Wilder balked and demanded from Hearn that he pay $7 million and he would take the fight. He says, doesn't this all sound familiar? Don't you see a pattern? This leads to one to think maybe Wilder didn't want the fight with AJ after all. And even though everyone seems to think it was the other way around, he says, just study the pattern, folks. Uh, and you know what? My man Mitch makes a really good point. Uh, White called it sweet justice, uh, karma, the other day. You know, that's an interesting point. Thanks for the uh, email, Mitch. You're the man. Uh, you know, Sal, you know, I forgot that, that he demanded uh, so much money more than what he was offered. And, you know, shouldn't he have learned? Shouldn't your idol have learned that he, you know, uh, outbid himself for Dillian White, which could have been an easier fight for him? Uh, he would have made $4 million plus a TV. Let's assume he makes at least another million from TV. So he makes $5 million to fight Dillian White, which uh, I feel he could have beaten. And instead, he settles for $2.1 million to fight Ortiz. He turns down $15 million to fight AJ. And it's to be determined what he's going to make in his next fight. But I can't see it being more than $2.5 million. What's your thoughts? No, I, I, I think you're right. He boxed himself, no pun intended, he boxed himself right in the position that, you know, you and I uh, would have the comments that he's not probably doesn't have the right advisors giving him the, the correct information as far as how you make a founded real business decision. And, uh, you know, it's a shame because, like I said, you don't know uh, how many more fights you have left in front of you to reap in the harvest of what you're trying to do. And, uh, you know, that's why I couldn't understand why that deal with uh, Anthony Joshua wasn't solidified when the iron was hot. So I, I, I think this is also, you know, something that uh, he's got to really question, you know, what is he being advised and or is he making these decisions upon himself? Um, you know, I, 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 uh, um, I, I just I don't know. That's a good question. You think that he's being misled or do you think that he's taking the that's, bull by the horns? I mean, that's a good point. What do you really that's think? That's a good point. I mean, you know, he's either he's either being misinformed not guided or brought along correctly or maybe to maximize his future income uh or current income available or he's making these decisions by himself and maybe he doesn't have the right uh, uh foundation or, or fundamentals or input to, to make the correct decision so you know and what's good for you and i may not be what he he feels is the right move for him so so uh, I don't know, but I'd like to I'd like to find an inquiring mind that might know, you know, is he definitely making these decisions or is it his team that has made these decisions? Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows? And and you know the 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 facts are, um, you know, I, I mean the numbers. Uh, he's right, you know, and I totally, you know, I, I got to be honest when I say that I totally forgot about the money that he turned down and and i and 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 the funnier thing is that we discussed it we were like what's he nuts and we we actually carried that again when we were talking about when they first started mentioning a potential showdown with anthony joshua like oh and then and then we'll get the us tv rights too you know and we were we were yeah. saying that that really wasn't even that fight you know I, for a guy you know it, it's puzzling sal 
for a guy, and, and, you know, all kidding aside, you know, you got a guy like Deontay Wilder who clearly is, you know, uh, the number two heavyweight or number one, depending upon how you right. look at it, between Anthony Joshua. I mean, the, the, those two, let's rephrase it. Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder are the, the top two heavyweights in, in the division today. And, you know, you, you look at it, and, and you see that this guy has turned down you know, extremely large amounts of money to take alternative fights. And, you know, you wonder if it's bad decision-making and how many times do you make that bad decision or if it's the simple fact that he doesn't really want to fight these guys or his team is suggesting that he doesn't want. I mean, in my opinion, his win over Luis Ortiz, if anything, should have because I know he, he he his value went up in my mind, and I think that if anything, you know, some of those question marks were answered, and now's the time that to to take the bull by the horns and make the fight. But yet once again, he 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 turns away from a huge payday, and only time will tell what he ends up fighting Brazil for or whoever he fights next. That's correct. So. Uh... It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. And uh, what is who is the opponent that they're going to put in front of him? And who is he going to agree to fight? And at what terms? And, you know, we can't wait. But uh, I just wish it was Anthony Joshua. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, that's that, gone. Yeah, well, you know what? The, the other thing is, is they probably would have stuck it on that Dazden network anyway. You know, uh, another streaming sure. thing. But uh, in any event. Um, on this day in boxing history. Uh, July 10, uh, in 1939, Len Harvey, Len Harvey Oswald. No, 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 that's a different guy. No way. Uh, <laughs> Len Harvey wins. I know, I know. Why, why do I always say things that I'm like, you, man, you, I shouldn't well, have said yeah, that. You, you know, you, your brain goes in one direction, and, you know, it, it feeds, it's quick, and, you know, sometimes it just doesn't have the buffer, and it just comes out. I, Michael? The same thing, man. Michael Buffer? Buffer, <laughs> buffer. See, see, yeah, there, no, there, right you, there. there you go again. <laughs> it just I agree with me, but uh, anyway, on <laughs> uh, on this day in 1939, Len Harvey wins a 15 round decision over Jock McCoy uh, to win the vacant British World Light Heavyweight Title. It took place in London. Just so people understand, you know, we're, we're always talking about all these titles today. There were um, a lot of titles pre previously too, and during this era. Um, not only did, uh, you know, other countries have world titles, but so did other states here in the U.S. Uh, there were, uh, you know, Pennsylvania world title, and uh, many people recognized uh, New York State world title uh, because uh, at the time, New York State was uh, the state to fight in, uh, in, in here in the U.S. But uh, anyway, it was the uh, vacant British world title. On this day in 2001, a fight that, I was ringside for, and it's actually a little piece of history. Eric Luca uh, knocked out Glenn Catley in the seventh, seventh round to win the vacant WBC World Super Middleweight title, and that took place in Montreal. The significance of this fight was that it was actually the first time that a Canadian fighter won a vacant world title on Canadian soil. And uh, I was ringside, and this was a huge event. It was one of the most exciting fights uh, that uh, I witnessed uh, ringside. And uh, 
Uh, I, I just reading this, uh, I remember the that fight. It was uh, it was a great one. Anyway, on this day in 1951, Randy Turpin wins a 15 round decision over the late great best ever Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, to win the world middleweight title, and that took place in London. I believe this was only the second time uh, Sugar Ray Robinson ever lost a fight, Sal, and he would uh, uh, regain this title in the U.S. But uh, anyway, on this day in 1922, Joe Lynch knocks out Johnny Buff in the fourth round uh, to win the world bantamweight title. It took place at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Uh, on this day in 1988, Orlando Canizales knocks out uh, Kelvin Seabrooks in the 15th round uh, to win the IBF World Bantamweight title took place in Atlantic City, New Jersey on this day in 1988. On this day in 1983, Lupe Madeira wins a, the WBA World Junior Flyweight title via a fourth-round technical decision over Katsu Tokashika, uh, which uh, this fight took place in Tokyo. Where? Tokyo, Tokyo. Uh, and finally, on this day, Wherever July go, 10th, Tokyo. <laughs> on July 10th, uh, the late, great Joe Gantz stops oh. young Griffo in the seventh round of a scheduled 25-round fight. The fight took place at Coney Island uh, in New York. Joe Gantz improved to 83 wins, six wow. losses, and uh, uh, 11 draws. Uh, young Griffo? He didn't have such a bad record either. He dropped to 62 wins, 80, uh, I'm sorry, eight losses, and 37 draws. Uh, these guys wow. fought during an era when uh, some, some states outlawed boxing, so uh, a lot of times they wouldn't render a decision, and that was why there was 37 so many. 37 draws. I know, I know, 37 draws. But, but think of <laughs> how many fights. We're talking about 1,900. 100 fights. This guy had 100 fights. In 1,900, Joe Gantz had over 100 fights, and uh, uh, Young Griffo had over 100 fights uh, each, and, and they're fighting. And, oh, by the way, it wasn't even a world title fight. This was just, this was just, a, you know, I'm complaining that Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, can't get a fight with baby Jarrell Miller, and, and neither one of them are world title holders. These two guys in 1900 fought, they both had over 100 fights. They both fought a non-title fight, and by the way, it was scheduled for 25 rounds, so uh, uh, boy. Hey, that's what he do. Hey, what are you doing next week? I don't know. You want to fight? Yeah, let's Yeah, go. all right, let's fight, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but in any event, that's why uh, boxing... Uh, uh, is not the way it used to be. But anyway, hey, listen, boys and girls, we are taking a couple of weeks off. Um, we're going to rejuvenate a little bit, and uh, we will uh, be keeping an eye on everything that's going on in the sport. But make sure that you uh, tune in as soon as. And we'll be back to doing our post-fight shows, which was a big hit with everyone. Um, I know a lot of you uh, loved it. We kind of veered off of, of them for a little bit. Uh, but uh, the way it works, just so you know, is as soon as the decision is rendered for the Kovalev-Alvarez uh, fight uh, on August 4th, uh, make sure you tune it in right here because we will be broadcasting live. Uh, we will be uh, uh, also uh, putting, this, uh, putting that show on, on demand and, and uh, uh, up on, uh, you know, on YouTube and uh, uh, in our uh, database, up on our website, and uh, some, state, some radio stations will get a copy of it uh, as well. So uh, make sure you tune in uh, right after that fight uh, is over, and uh, we'll be looking forward to you then. So uh, between now and ten, then, I'll leave you with this. 
Make sure you stay up to date on the fights. Keep tuning in to www.billycboxing.com for the latest and best news. And uh, we'll see you uh, in August, right? So, uh, hey, we might as well, before we go, I'll leave you with this. Because Sal's ready, willing, and able. I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.